You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 171, Nothing Face. Hosted by Dan Terry. My spoon is too big. And Joseph Wren. Narcissistic mechanism, anybody? Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if the skeletons in your closet have blue skin and a nothing face, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. New Metal May 2020 concludes with nothing face. An audio guide to everyday atrocity sounds like a fucking unteacher's record. There, I got it out of the way. Oh, I don't think that's true at all, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Let's just start it off with some crazy, insane thing. Uh, what I can say is that Nothing Face is another example of a new metal band that we're really asking the question, is it new metal? <laughs> Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's 90s grunge-influenced riffs that just sound dissonant and sloppy on purpose and then other times it turns into hard rock radio awesomeness that's definitely where i'm at with nothing face because i don't care what anybody says those first two records are pretty much straight like 90s hardcore records they're they're too aggressive to be new metal there's just way too much going on there but they're so fucking good dude well, I mean, 90s hardcore is good, too. We'll talk about that when we talk about Overcome. Oh, shit. What do that's we right. have coming up on the schedule? Oh, that's right. Yeah, We're going to be talking about a lot of albums next month. <laughs> yes, we are. We're going to have to go in there and unearth some classics. So, you know, get ready for that. You're making me a believer. So check out Nothing Face. Take us out, DFT. <laughs> this is honestly one of the examples where we could just go that route, but uh, we're not doing that. So one of the cool things we've been doing lately is the Discuss Metal podcast. We've talked to Paul Kerr from November's Doom. We've talked to Toby Wright. We've talked to David Button of The Showdown, Andy Atkins of A Plea for Purging, Jeff Gretz from Zayo. There's more coming, guys. I've got so much stuff on the hard drive that you haven't heard yet. Uh, most recently, we did an episode with Mike Perez of No Bragging Rights. That was a pretty intense one. And uh, yeah, it's been cool getting those discussed medals out to you guys in addition to discography discussion every week. So uh, if you like that sort of thing, drop us a line. Let us know if you're enjoying discussed metal or not. Well, before we let Dan start the show with the ending of the show, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We are on Spotify. Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion Podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion, and we like them because they make us feel good. They make us feel warm inside. Whenever you guys sit, leave us a review, positive, negative, somewhere in between, we will read it on the show for your listening pleasure. One of the things that I enjoy the most about what you guys have been doing lately is you guys have been sharing the episodes with your friends, your family, your grandparents, all those people that are trapped at home and can't leave and have no choice but to listen to the Discography Discussion podcast. So I want to thank you guys for that 110%. I also want to thank the Roach Coach podcast for making New Metal cool again. And that's why we have this theme month, New Metal May. So thank you. Hats off to all of you. So Dan, tell me about Nothing Face. Well, Nothing Face was a metal band. I'll say it. Yeah, a metal band. 
Uh, they're from Washington, D.C. They came out in 1993. They are unfortunately no longer with us. And actually, there are specific band members that are also no longer with us. And we will get into that when the time comes. It's kind of a bummer. But uh, Nothing Face is an interesting band. They definitely have that early 90s sound, especially on their, well, mid mid to late 90s albums. Uh, their first record, Nothing Face, coming out in 1995, sounds like a record that came out in 1995. <laughs> I don't really uh, know how to, how, to, how to say it any other way than that. Um, I actually really, really love this first Nothing Face record. It is so nostalgic for me not because i grew up listening to it but because of all the things i grew up listening to that are like it um you've got a very sludgy guitar tone think think something like crowbar think something very heavy maybe even a little bit of pantera groove thrown in there for good measure but no guitar solos i mean we just we cannot have guitar solos because it's the 90s this is new metal, dude. There are no such thing as guitar solos. There are only riffs. There are only drop D, open C chugs with the second guy in the band doing corn-like sounds over the top. I don't know if it's monkey or if it's head, but it sounds great. It's entertaining. It's got beef. And the vocalist, for the most part, is just yelling into the microphone, almost formless, doing the best he can. It's weird. What I hear in his vocal style... Okay, let's be honest. I hear a lot, a lot of helmet. Uh, that's actually what this reminds me the most of is helmet. But what I think is interesting is he sounds like a very pissed off Eddie Vedder. Oh wow! Like, like Eddie Vedder's doing his thing over there, and then somebody just comes up and grabs him by the balls and just like sticks a sticks like a, a sewing needle right into one of his testicles, like all the way through. I'm not talking like a surface shot. I'm talking like all the way throughout the other side of the sack. This is awfully descriptive. Did this happen and one time? <laughs> and that's why he's that's why he's so angry, right? Uh, and that's a theme that's going to continue. Uh, what I think is cool. So that's just whenever he's singing. It's that it's that lower register, gravelly. You know. You guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, that's just his singing voice. So that's aggressive enough. But then he comes in and he screams a lot. There's a lot of screaming on this record. And with the riffs being as heavy as they are at times, not only am I hearing a little bit of groove metal and maybe some of that proto new metal type riffing, but this almost sounds like an early 90s hardcore record to me. Like when those bands weren't comfortable just playing punk anymore and decided to start throwing like actual really heavy elements in there, but keeping the vocals as incomprehensible as possible. This record has a lot of that. And there's also like doses of alternative rock just just like put in just shoved in there. And so you get you get quite the uh, you get quite the assortment of different influences into a record that still sounds very much like a record that came out the year it came out. This is every this is absolutely heavier than Korn's first record, but is also more energetic too, if that's if that's a thing. The first corn record is very heavy, but it's also very slow. And some people even say it's the weakest corn record because it's it's lacking in energy in a lot of places. This is this is an absolute fix for that. <laughs> I've said it many times on the show. I love '90s new metal bands that lean on the groove and play the fucking song. These sound like a punk band just changed their style a little bit. They had to be grunge fans. They had to be fans of the Melvins and those style of bands that just chug 
for the next 30 minutes. One of the defining characteristics of early new metal, and probably most new metal now that I think about it, is the ability for the guitarist to stop playing and let the bass player and the drummer carry the next 15 seconds of the song and then come back in with more chug. And this has everything that I want in a 1995 release from a new metal band. They're just chugging along. They're not trying to blow me away with intricate playing. It's we're heavy, we're distorted, we're barking at the mic. Next song, please. Oh, you like this one too? Guess what? Same formula. It's all good. It's entertaining. I don't think it's genre-defining. I know I brought up the term utility band in the last episode with Dry Kill Logic. I think Nothing Face is a little bit higher on the scale, but at the same time, there's a reason why Nothing Face is not making new records. So this is what they did in 1995, and I'm enjoying it. I love it, man. And it's it's dingy enough to be an underground record. It's obviously self-produced, self-released, and uh, so it's got that grit. It's got that grit that we're all looking for. Now, to be honest, I definitely listened to the 2009 remaster uh, of the first Nothing Face album, so it's entirely possible that, that the record hit me much more viscerally than maybe it would have back in 95. Because, I mean, whoever did that remaster, it sounds good. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you can you can still tell the difference because as soon as you jump over to Pacifier and you start hearing these same songs again, I mean, it's like, wow, it's like the difference between Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. There, there's the movie that has a budget, and then there's the one that just didn't at all. Pacifier was not the first Nothing Face record I heard. But going back and listening for this discography discussion, I could see fans in 1997 just blowing up about this record. We talked about Coal Chamber and how nobody really had the Coal Chamber vibe. This is the Nothing Face vibe. It's extremely new metal. It follows the formula. It follows the song structure. It follows the tricks and the sound effects being screamed through a megaphone and strange clips being used throughout the record. There's nothing here that you haven't already heard somebody else do, but everybody was doing it. So the question is, do you enjoy the record? And I do. It has that slow, methodical pace that I love in old school new metal. It's not trying to be Limp Bizkit or Corn Fast because they're just trying to dirge forward. They're trying to set a pace that's gonna hold the audience for the next 45 minutes. And it's just aggressive enough. I don't think it's necessarily hardcore, but I can see where you're finding that. I just think it's good. I'm enjoying the hell out of it, and it's got the old school 1997 album cover with the baby's head with a bullet in it. I mean, we're not Tool, right? I mean, it's not a, <laughs> it's not a real baby's head, but yeah, it's um, it's not a real. Nobody would think that based on what I said. All right, fair enough. I'm sorry. I'm sensitive. Uh, yeah, this is the first Nothing Face album with a budget. And a lot of these songs, you know, because as I was listening through, I wasn't aware that six of the tracks that are on the first album are re-recorded for this album. But I mean, man, the difference is... The difference in, in recording, techno not technology, but the difference in, in, in budget is very apparent between this and the first record. You know, these songs, you know, because a lot of the time when a band re-records songs from a debut... 
the debut. I'm looking at you, War of Ages. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the debut is typically you know the more loved by fans, and that might be the case with Nothing Face. But I mean, these songs come back with a vengeance. Um, you can hear everything clearly. The vocals are louder. The guitars are louder. The drums are louder. It's just it it hits so much harder than it did on that first Nothing Face album. Uh, this is a heavy record. I think the hardcore influence is mostly the pace of the songs and the vocals. So much more screaming uh, here than what you would expect from a band from this era. Um, I mean, we've still got Eddie Vedder with a with a with a sewing pin stuck through a testicle singing, but I think that's okay. Like, um, I, I guess what I'm just trying to say, if you loved that first Nothing Face album, this is literally more of the same, but sounds better sounds more intense um it doesn't they don't really have any mainstream appeal here yet there's still that super heavy band that you're going to go see that you're not going to be expecting keep in mind the first record was self-released in 97 if you got a record deal and you had to meet a deadline you were playing your best stuff and the record label was not going to pick up your self-titled release and put it out. It may not have even had masters that were high enough quality at the time. Clearly that wasn't the case in 1999, but you want to give your best and you also want to put out what to most people is going to be your first release. So Splinter Shards, Birth of Separation, it's fine that some of the songs are still from the first record. I don't think most people would know if this was their first Nothing Face record. You're probably right. It's, it's, um, it's probably my favorite Nothing Face release besides their final one. Um, We're going to get I, there, dude. I think it is I think it is starkly heavy for, like, it's up there with, like, Sepultura's roots for me as far as, like, intensity and heaviness goes for a 90s record. I always felt like there was always kind of, like, unless you were a death metal band in the 90s, you were, you were trying to be as heavy as you could be with the influences you had. Which is going to be like what Pantera, uh, maybe uh, maybe some Tool, maybe some Crowbar, maybe some Helmet, you know, bands like that. And this is like this is like the heavier end of that spectrum. And I think that again, I don't think that either of these Nothing Face albums are masterpieces necessarily, but they are very earnest in what they are. They're very angry, very dark, brooding records uh, that have no problem just going off the rails and just hitting you in the face with riffs. And that's something that I'm going to start missing from Nothing Face as it goes on. To clarify what I said earlier, I don't think 1998's An Audio Guide to Everyday Atrocity sounds like an Unteacher's record. I think the album title sounds like an Unteacher's record. <laughs> All right, well, that's fair. That's fair. Um... Can Nothing Face go more dirgy than what they were previously? They start I mean, they off did. that way. Absolutely, man. This is uh, this is what it's all building to. Um, in, in Audio Guide to Everyday Atrocity is probably the heaviest Nothing Face record, uh, bar none. I start hearing a little bit more of that new metal in there because, I mean, it's 98, right? So it's going to be there. Um, I say it's their heaviest because when they get heavy, they get really heavy. Uh, but this is the introduction of more clean singing uh, than what we'd heard from the band prior because... You know, you're you've got a good record deal now, so you're gonna have to start playing stuff that's a little bit more digestible for the masses. And they they definitely play by the rules that way sometimes on this record. And then there's other times where they're just like, no, we're nothing face, so we're gonna be super brutal. We're gonna be all about riffs. You know, we're gonna be all about screams. 
but you start figuring out after a while like when um you know when when matt holt starts singing you start realizing that the dude actually can sing because honestly listening to those first two records i just assumed that he couldn't sing so he just screamed all the time uh which is kind of like an old person's way of looking at music but um (laughs) but i just assumed that his cleans you know the eddie vetter type vocals or whatever was the best that he could do but one thing i started noticing about new metal bands specifically you know in 98 all the way up until like 2002 is the clean vocals started being okay they started being uh kind of something the new metal was known for was you had a you had a vocalist that was smooth up top but then also you know could 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 bust some screams out whenever the song called for it so even though you could say that this record might be a step down and may, maybe is a more mainstream version of nothing face i think that their heavy moments are absolutely as heavy as they were prior this one's a little bit weaker in the production department Maybe that's due to how the records were transferred to digital services, but there is that trope when you hit the third record and you record with that particular producer and maybe you didn't have as many good ideas as you did on the first record. Quote Dan Terry, you have your whole life to write your first record and now you got to do another one in nine months. This one just sounds thin, the guitars sound artificial. But the riffs have the chug. The band as a whole has the same forward momentum. The drums, the bass, the guitar, they're in unison, they're chugging forward, all down picks, everything's fine. But then you get the melodic vocals. You might not be a fan if what you're looking for is what you got on Pacifier, but here's an example of it was clearly a creative choice to not do it before, because you don't get good like this overnight. This is a skill that you have and you're either afraid to use or creatively you just choose not to. Well, sure, it's always in your bag of tricks, right? It's in your grab bag. But smart bands don't pull everything out of their grab bag all at once. And some stuff, maybe they're like, well, I don't know if this is going to work, so we're not going to include it because we're nothing face. We we play heavy songs. We scream a lot. We, we, throw, some, we throw some gruff singing down. But, I mean, prior to this release, Nothing Face wasn't really much of a atmospheric band. Unless by atmosphere you mean you're playing a, a dingy club in New York City somewhere. You know, like, it's not... Um, they're, they're, they're playing largely, especially whenever they were undiscovered, they were going to be playing mostly with hardcore bands or hardcore punk bands or um, maybe some, some of the proto-new metal bands and stuff like that. Um, now they're on a label. They have a budget. They have. They've got a recording budget. They've got time. They're able to pull some more of those elements out of themselves. Um, and then so you start getting slower, dirtier songs um, than what you had before. I mean, there's a song called "Sleeper" on here, which is one of their first. I mean, I'm not going to call it a ballad, but it's one of the very first songs they have that's all clean, like from beginning to end. It's it's all clean. It's a slower pace. And it's got kind of a creepy, brooding atmosphere to it um, that you really don't hear on either of the earlier records. And like Joe said, it's not really that they, I don't think that, it's, that they couldn't do this before. They just decided not to for whatever reason. And um, and I don't see it at this point in the band's career. I don't see it as a, they sold out, they're going mainstream as much as this like okay it's the nothing face that we had before but now we've added something to it it's not a change it's an addition 
or it's 1998 and we're listening to our peers and we're just following the trend. Who knows? It doesn't sound bad. It doesn't sound like somebody was trained to be a melodic singer. It has the new metal vibe of you're the vocalist, just do something melodic. And what you get back is that mid-tone melody that goes up, goes down, and everything's fine. It's not going to blow anybody out of the water, but this is another record that you enjoy listening to. So what's the problem? There isn't one. There wasn't one. I mean, you're you're in a you're in pretty good shape if uh, if you've been following this band from the beginning up to this point. For most of us, this is going to be the second release. Correct. Two thousand violence. Violence is an interesting record because, as I was speaking on the previous record, they made some additions to their sound that I feel like propelled them into maybe being a more palatable band for the average listener. And Violence is that just more so. Violence is probably the record that I would say they sound the most like a new metal band, at least in the traditional sense. Right, what you're expecting is bottom end driven riffs with a drummer who can kind of play punk rock-esque groove, and then the vocalist is just kind of there, except this guy's never just there. (laughs) Uh, There's definitely a lot to like about Violence. The album, not violence in general. Um, <laughs> I really like songs like Same Solution. Um, I like Filthy. They, they definitely, I feel like, took the opportunity to beef up the heavier parts on this one. But I think ultimately, this still sounds like Nothing Face is trying to be a new metal band. They're trying to kind of fit the mold a little bit better. And so I feel like this record is a little bit cleaner production-wise. Um, it doesn't have that. It doesn't have that uh, dirgy "we're in the basement writing riffs" atmosphere that their previous stuff did. Um, it's really the first album they have that, to me, sounds like a mainstream release. Absolutely. Like there was probably an actual promotion budget for this one. <laughs> right. It's the year 2000, and new metal's a thing, and it's here to stay, and everybody loves it. And we've got a new record by this awesome band. Go put your 25 cents in the machine and pull out your random sticker. Who's Nothing Face? I don't care. The sticker looks awesome. Well, they had this uh, they had this song called Bleeder uh, on Violence, which was kind of their first, uh, I don't want to say a hit. I'm not sure if bands like this have hits, um, but this did land them this did land them on the uh, mainstream rock charts. And it's obvious to see why. it's 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 very much in the new metal vein for 2000. And it's what hard rock fans would have been looking for uh, at this time. Uh, Bleeder fits all, checks all of those boxes. Um, But, you know, with all of that considered, they're not like, I don't feel like this one really has the heart and soul in it that the the previous records did. Um, I feel like at this point it's work. Now we have to deliver. We have to deliver a product that can be ate up by the masses. And I think that's... uh, that's pretty evident in the sing-songy nature of e- of each song. You're, you're kind of going into the verse-chorus-verse sort of structure, and they didn't really have that before. And if they did, it was buried under a mountain of riffs. But we still this have the riffs. More, we have the riffs on some songs, but I feel like the, vo- the focus on violence is more on the vocal melodies, the vocal harmonies, the melodic side of the band. And so, I mean, in that regard, I kind of have to be like, oh, 
you guys sold out a little bit on this one not 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 terribly um because i do feel like there's enough heavy scream material on this record to um to to satiate the the old nothing face fans it's just that now those fans have to share nothing face with maybe some more people and after 2003 everybody had to change what they thought nothing face was at this point, new metal is a staple of modern music. It's on the radio, it's on television, everybody's playing, everybody wishes they could be corn or Limp Biscuit, and I don't mean the people playing the music. It's refreshing to listen to a band who fundamentally did not change up until this point. If you're a fan of Nothing Face for the first five years that they have material released, other than some vocal changes and some creative decisions that maybe expanded their palette, you're still getting straight 90s new metal, rhythm driven. Everything's good. So, you're getting the same solution. And the solution is great. 2003, Skeletons. Well, now we're talking. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. This is like, how do we get on violence? I feel like they tried to marry the aggression with the melody on skeletons they've gotten divorced they still live in the same house but they sleep in separate rooms um damn there are i mean the 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 level of aggression on machination is like just just starting off it's i don't know it's like it's like they took the fact that they couldn't meld the heaviness and the melody together and made that into a strength where we're like we're gonna make them so starkly contrast within the same songs oftentimes um and we're just gonna kind of creep people out nobody's gonna know what we're gonna do next it's gonna be a mystery going into it and machination's the perfect part of that we're like super aggressive super aggressive super aggressive and then everything drops out and they're just like we are going to sing to you we are going to sing to you and then it's like i'm back in and um i i did not expect them to go in that direction at all this is starkly different than anything they've ever done i'm looking at the timeline of the band looking for a member change or something that's going to drive this type of release because i don't want to just say it was the record label this record sounds honest to me it doesn't sound thrown together it sounds like they were struggling to write intense new metal so they went the opposite direction they went the hard rock melody driven side of it and other than the drummer it's the same guys i'm reminded of when embodiment changed their sound and a lot of people complained but we were driving down the road listening to it in the car going what's the problem yeah it's not the same band but it still sounds fucking good i think there's a lot that was missing that the band just wasn't doing on the previous records that they could have been doing the whole time I'm not hearing like a blatant corn ripoff or a blatant Limp Biscuit ripoff. It doesn't sound like they're trying to make a Smashing Pumpkins record or a Tool record. It sounds like they just did all the shit that they were holding back previously. It sounds like they could have been doing more the whole time, but for some reason just didn't. And I really don't know why that is, because I want Skeletons in 2000 or 1999, but 2003 is when I get this record. This is a great fucking album. This is awesome. And I think some people could cry sell out because, I mean, you do have some some hard rock radio singles on this record. Like, I'm not going to lie and say that they're not there. You've got Beneath, fantastic hard rock radio song. Ether, obviously, is um, is a huge, huge radio song. 
Um, first time a lot of people heard Nothing Face was on the Freddy vs. Jason soundtrack uh, with this song. And uh, I feel bad for them because if they expected the band to sound like that all the time, uh, they were <laughs> they were in for some they were in for a surprise for sure. Um, because I mean they 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 don't really hold back here. The heaviness is is heavier than they've ever been because i mean even like ether you, you go from that to i wish i was a communist and that song busts off i mean it's it busts it starts off with a blast absolutely like a dissonant blast and you're like is this the same band did somebody did somebody put a different record on <laughs> and uh i gotta say i mean i do feel like this is an honest record and i think this was them literally pulling everything out of their bag of tricks you know for for one uh for one 47 minute record and it largely succeeds um this is a band that i don't really think any of their albums are bad i think some of them sound the same uh for good reason but this was them intentionally trying to be different they were trying to be a heavy intense new metal band but give people more than that give them more than just heavy riffs and screaming because that's pretty much what they had been doing since they started and if you want that it's still here have you heard murder and masturbation i have i've only done one of those things (laughs) i'll let you decide which one it is four hours later sorry i'm just rocking out to the song uh (laughs) absolutely it's a great fucking song it really is um this is the best record i'll just say it this is their best and I, I would say this is a one-hit wonder if this is the only record that anybody knows, but everybody that listens to Nothing Face speaks fondly of all the records, and I really wish we had more of this, because when I hear songs like Ether and Beneath, but then you still have the I Wish I Was a Communist and the Murder is Masturbation, you have a band that could play the entire scope of what new metal is from the hard rock to the straight metal and in the the year 2000 it's back what would nothing face sound like today it would probably sound like this (laughs) unfortunately we're never going to know and that that's the hard part is pretty much right after this record came out the band broke up and the reason they gave for breaking up was they just didn't get along I mean, I guess it was musical differences, but they just didn't like each other anymore. Similar to the Cold Chamber uh, thing. Um, Although this ends a little differently than that. Um, They basically just parted ways, and then maybe two years later, like 2005, 2006, they decided to get back together again. And then some stuff went down, and they ended the band again, and then they started posting, like 2009, they started posting like little teasers of songs saying that they were in um you know saying saying that they were in the studio recording new stuff everybody's getting stoked and then immediately after that they were like yeah nope the band's disbanded again so they gave the they kind of gave the band a little bit of blue balls on that one or they gave the fans a little bit of blue balls on that one um and then you know basically everybody's like what happened you know are you guys ever going to come back and then coincidentally in october of 2016 Tom Maxwell, their guitarist, appeared on the Talk To Me podcast, <laughs> and um, he basically said, yeah, there, no, we're, there's not going to be a reunion ever. And he said, basically, it's just because him and their singer, Matt Holt, just didn't get along. And uh, he just says there's no communication. They, they don't care. They're just, they'd moved on to different things, um, which is disappointing. But I think more disappointing is that, you know, a lot of bands in this situation, I've heard so many bands say, oh, we'll never get back together. We'll never do anything ever again. 
because we don't like each other. And then, you know, somebody grills some good pork steaks and, you know, uh, they all decide that they're good friends again and looking at you, Fear Factory. And they all get, <laughs> they, they get back together and they do stuff, right? Uh, but unfortunately, uh, Matt Holt, their singer, passed away in uh, April of 2017. Um, and I don't know specifically what he passed from other than the only thing I ever say is that he had a degenerative disease. Um, so, I mean, that, that kind of answers that question. Obviously, they're never going to return. And even, even if they did, it wouldn't be the same. And um, that's a shame. I, I hate to hear about a band member dying. And um, I actually was not aware that he had passed away until until we did this episode. So uh, it was news to me. And uh, unfortunately, you know, I mean, it's, I say unfortunately, but I mean, fortunately, they really went out on a high note uh, with Skeletons, it being their strongest material to date when they released it. And we never have to hear them release a crappy reunion album. But I mean, that's a I, I would take. I would take a crappy reunion album over over him being dead, you know? Any Absolutely. Day. And High Note is definitely how they went out. Yeah, it's 2003. New metal was on its way out. We were making a transition into Gothenburg-style metal and those sorts of things. But Skeletons is a great record. It is their best album, in my opinion, and I really think everybody should go pick it up. If you listen to nothing else... Because there are records that just sound good and they just work. And I'm starting to sound like I'm doing a Patreon review here, but Skeletons. <laughs> Is it a buy, Joe? <laughs> it's definitely a buy. Final thoughts on Nothing Face. Dan. Well, I think kind of like the band we talked about last week, Dry Kill Logic, um, Nothing Face is an example of a band that really never did anything wrong musically, never did anything. Um, I mean, I could understand if you just weren't into it because of the sound, but then you wouldn't have been into any of it. Um, you know, we, we talk all the time on the show about bands like Korn that had made some mistakes along the way. Uh, bands like Limp Bizkit that kind of fell off, you know, lost sight of the goal. Um, but, you know, but then you've got bands like Dry Kill Logic and, and Nothing Face over here that have always been awesome. And maybe you didn't check them out because you were too busy listening to those bigger bands. But they've been here the whole time and they've been incredible. And they've been awesome for the people that were in on it. I don't think Nothing Face defined new metal. I don't think they're just a utility band that fits in the room with everybody else. I think they created a discography of heavy songs and then decided that they were going to pull out all the stops and do everything that they could do. If the band went out on a high note or if they peaked with what they were capable of, then that makes Skeletons a masterpiece. It's not a perfect record, but the band continued to improve over time. There's not a huge misstep. You're not going to listen to Nothing Face and say there's this portion of the discography I just can't stand, unless you really just hate melodic vocals. If that's the case, you're probably not listening to Nothing Face at all anyway. Yeah, go back and listen to our Cannibal Corpse episode. It's still thrash. If, if, that's, what you, if that's what you're looking for, so... Dan, what's your album of the week? My album of the week is the new Intronaut album that has a super long name that I can't remember what it's called right now. Something about Liquid. And uh, yeah, that thing is is going to be a staple in my album of the week for a while because it takes a while to uh, takes a while to, to absorb Intronaut albums. For me, it's Fury by Sick Puppies. Take us out, DFT. That does conclude our New Metal May for 2020. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We love doing New Metal May in honor of the Roach Coach podcast every year. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. I can't wait to dig into some New Metal bands next year. But uh, if you've ever been listening to this show and thought to yourself, 
man, they keep talking about these bands. I want them to talk about these bands. I can't read your mind. I don't know what you're thinking. You know, you should probably, you know, let me know what you're thinking. If, if you'd like to see a band that you love featured on this show, there's a few different ways you can do that. You can reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. Reach out to us on Twitter at discuss metal or at discuss metal Dan or discuss metal Joe. We're, we're both there. We are always there like a giant lidless eye staring at a computer at all times. And uh, other parts of the computer that you can reach us on is Gmail, Dan and Joe show at gmail.com. You can send us a message there. You can reach out to us on our discord server. There'll be a link in the show notes. that will take you right to our discord server. And, uh, you can even buy some sweet discography discussion merch we have a teespring store set up we've pretty much marked most of the stuff down to where we barely make any money on it at all because we want you guys to have that swag for super cheap so uh, check it out and on that note this has been episode 171 of discography discussion thank you for listening you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash Discuss Metal. We have some sweet perks. Making that money. 